Deep down, I just wanted some type of relief from suicide and depression, all the hardcore PTSD symptoms, survivor's guilt, all that stuff. I wanted some type of relief from that. I needed it. And I was willing really to try anything. That's that's a sweet spot when people come to me. Like when they, you know, they're, when they're at the end of their rope, that's when the medicine's going to work the best. I'm Greg Rennie. And I'm Rob Reeford. And this is Mind Body Matters. Welcome to our little show, and we talk about the mind-body connection, everything that has to do with our physical and mental wellness. How's your mental wellness today? Uh, There's a loaded question. Um, I've had a week. I don't know. I think think people are off this week. Um, As you know, I talk to a lot of people every week. Uh I I drive cab part-time, and... I get talking to people, and I'm just noticing that people are a little off right now. I don't know what's You know what I think it is? I think it's like we're just into January now, and I think people are still recovering from the holidays. I Yeah, I think that could be part of it. I mean, uh, all of a sudden, the holidays have passed, and and here we are in in January, and it's dark out. That's another thing, too, I want to mention. I find with lack of daylight, people don't have the energy that mm-hmm. they do, say, in the summer months. That's what I notice. So in answer to your question, I'm up and down this week, but all things considered, I'm okay. And that's an honest answer. Yeah, my mental wellness, um, yeah, in the wintertime, you know, it's always difficult. I go through bouts of depression, but... What do they call it? Sad seasonal affective disorder? Yeah, yeah some people have that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine's more, you know, clinical depression. It's this uh, friend that I, I see every winter that, you know, we, we tend to jump down into a dark black hole, but I've, yeah. uh, you know, I've become used to that and know how to, to cope with it. But this week, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but that's January. And I know that come spring, things are are going to feel a lot better. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. So yes. remember when we talked with Dr. Singh? Uh, oh, a little he, while he back? was, yeah, he was the, uh, the doctor who, um, he, he, he gave out drugs to get results from patients basically. Well, a psychiatrist does that, I guess. Yeah. But it, yeah. I mean, the drug, like, it's not like he's like handing out, you know, drug no, drugs. He's but, handing out. No, but he right? would, Exactly. However, what I'm saying is like, uh, like I was blown away when I heard a doctor talk about the use of magic mushrooms. For right. Goodness sake. Right. That blew me away. Me too. Me too. And uh, so I'm not sure, listeners, if you if you've caught that episode with Dr. Singh, he is a psychiatrist here in Canada and he's being trained to use not only the traditional psychiatric medication, but mm-hmm. to use, as Rob has said, magic mushrooms or, or psilocybin. Uh, also, the use of ketamine and MDMA. And there's a lot of talk about that. Uh, mm-hmm. And in that discussion, there's another drug, let's say, plant medicine-based drug called ayahuasca. Have you, have you heard of this at all? Uh, just a little bit. And it was through our research for our guest today. Right. But, uh, right. but that's the first time, honestly, I had heard of it, to be right. honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I spoke with... Uh, Drew Banky, our, our guest today, a little while ago on the phone about uh, but this episode, kind of like a pre-show kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he shared that he went to uh, a double ceremony of ayahuasca with his wife. And that ceremony, uh, he took this drug. He, I'm sure he'll explain a little bit more about how, how it's used. But it, it, it's another 
mind-expanding drug that people are considering to have a spiritual experience, but I'm hearing recently that they might be using it for depression. Interesting. I guess we'll find out. We will. Let's go to the interview. Here's Drew Banke, our guest today on Mind Body Matters. Well, we have Drew in the studio here. Hi, Drew. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, like we talked on the phone a couple uh, days ago, so I've been looking forward to this. You're in Colorado, in the south part of Colorado, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down here in southern Colorado in the San Luis Valley. Uh, Got a large history of uh, UFO activity in this valley, large. Mm. And going back, you know, to the Native Americans and everything, there's, there's several different tribes that have deep ties to this valley and particularly this mountain that's, you know, um, that's right in front of my house. It's about two miles from my house, but it's, it's, uh, Mount Blanca, which is in Southern Colorado. And it's, uh, it's kind of the, the end of, uh, of one range with the Santa de Cristo mountain range, which mm-hmm. runs, uh, North to South, uh, up towards Denver. So we're right at the end of it. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting things here. Lucky to call this home. It's our base. Your base, yeah. And some meteorite craters uh, are in that part of Colorado. Yeah, you know, um, Crestone, Colorado is is right up in the valley, about an hour and a half from us. It's a spiritual mecca. There's over 38 spiritual centers there. There's ashrams, uh, Buddhist uh, retreat centers, uh, peyote churches there. Um, yeah, that's a... Uh, if you know, you know, like about Crestone, but... Um, if you haven't heard of it before, you know, take this, uh, as an initiative to Google it and, and look it up and, and see what's about. It's a, it's a real magical place. It's in the United States here. Um, and we're also close to the great sand dunes and, um, close to the New Mexico, Colorado, New Mexico border, um, mm-hmm. which is, uh, there's a lot of traffic along that, uh, latitude line across the, across the, the globe of, uh, UFO activity along that corridor, and I believe it uh, uh, connects to the meridian points of of the Earth and energetic oh, okay. ener- energetic ley lines of the Earth. I think that's why um, I, th- I believe it's the thirty seventh parallel. Um, you know, so your listeners can uh, welcome to Google that and stuff. But I live close to that. You know, so uh, definitely a lot of a lot of things out here. People come out here just to just to look at the stars sometimes. So. Amazing that so many uh, spiritual centers and uh, Buddhist centers are in that area. Wow. Yeah. The, There's a lot going on down there. The fall uh, celebration to the gods and goddesses going into in, going into the fall and winter months. Um, they have a similar thing that happens in the springtime, but this is a Hindu-Buddhist uh, uh, tradition that we go and take part in when, when it's possible. We like take the family at you know, I got two two young ones and my wife and everything, and we go go pray there. But we pray in many many different um, many different religions and 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 ways we we visit uh, when we can and to share our prayers with them because we recognize them as you know a language, different languages, but all speaking the same message when it gets down to it. And that's you know skipping forward to the whole conversation, you know, that's, that's what really I learned. One of the big things I learned through my process was to honor all the religions, uh, just as I would languages or, or beliefs or anything, 
you know, because they all, they all break down. Um, you know, I've had a moments where just had epiphanies where I, I realized many different spiritual practices was just speaking about the same thing because I felt the, the, the background that was in the vibration of the message. So like we're talking about spirituality and very seldom do I ask the person right away about mind, body, spirit, but that's a question I'm going to ask you. So, uh, the, the podcast focuses around the mind and body and the connection between the two. Sure. But what does the mind, body, spirit mean to you? How would you define that? Um, you know, very simply, it's the ceremony that we're in. You know, from minute we take our first breath, we're, we're in this, this ceremony of life and we're here to, you know, go through experiences and, and grow from it. Um, you know, mind, body, spirit is meant to grow from it. And, and ideally those happen kind of on the same level. So, or in the same, or on the same frequency, those, those things move forward, um, in the same, in the same way. So if one's moving forward, if the spirit's moving um, forward more, if your spirituality is moving forward and your body's not, you know, you know, you're, you're overweight or you're riddled with cancer or something like that. And, and you're going through a spiritual awakening, there's something off, um, somewhere, you know, I believe that eventually, you know, when we find balance between the mind, body, spirit, it's, it's really what we're here to do. You know, we're here. And once, once we start getting close to those balances of equaling out all those at the same time, we start to have epiphanies and we start to go through changes and we start to realize, you know, that our traumas um, are actually, are actually blessings in disguise, you know, because there's, there's lessons that are wrapped up in the traumas. And if we can, if we can get to those and find those true blessings in, in, in those ashes, we find those embers in those ashes and dig them out. That's um, I think that's what it's really about, you know, and I think it's the mind, body, spirit balance. I very simply, I think is the reason why we're here on this planet in this body, because we're much more than just this body, you know, and this, but this body, a lot of people think, you know, we're going through ascension process or we're going through, um, all these different things, you know, where the government's finally admitting that's aliens are real and all this other stuff. A lot of people believe that the ascension process, they're waiting to go to another place. The deal is to figure out that this is the perfection. This is the divinity that we're in right now. This is the heaven ah, that we're in right ah. now. We have to sh- shift our perception. And that's, you know, lots, a lot about my first book talks about I'm perfect and so are you. I, I chose that title. Uh, I didn't, I actually didn't choose that title. That title was given to me when I was asked um, after the book was done. I didn't have a title and I asked just what the title was and it was given to me a dream that night. So, and it was, the title was meant to challenge people, you know, the I'm perfect and so are you. It challenges like challenge boundaries that we built in our heads from, from birth. Nothing's perfect. This, that, and the other, you know, it's okay, Mm -hmm. you know, but nothing's perfect. That's it's not really the truth. Everything is actually perfect. Like as far as from a divinity standpoint, you know, our day-to-day and if we break down like our day-to-day happenings, like if something happens, a horrible thing happens in our life, you know, we, we blow a tire or we wreck a car or we even lose a loved one or anything like that. In the grand scheme of things that, that is a speck of dust. Like, and it's, it's not even, it's not even that in the grand scheme of the cosmos. Because I believe that 
you know, we're living in an infinite field. We're experiencing right now, I believe humanity is, is letting go of, of the illusion of duality, the illusion of time and space. Right. It's all starting to shift and it's good. It's going to affect uh, so many scientific findings because the basis of understanding is about to shift throughout humanity. I don't mean to jump ahead right there. But no, that's really okay. <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, other people Sorry. I interviewed, there's an interesting thread in, in a number of interviews I had recently that there is this, not movement, but this shift, a slow shift, a shift to understanding uh, who we are in many different ways. One person said that we're at a point of the age of Aquarius, and that's how he described it, that we're at a point where we're going to understand what universal consciousness is. That's pretty trippy stuff, but it seems like a lot of people are talking about that. And I, I love what you said about the balance, because very seldom do we talk about the balance between mind, body, and spirit, but I, I totally believe that. So it's an understanding that's all connected, but uh, if you're not balancing these, you're not uh, nurturing your spiritual self, your mind and body will suffer. Same with the other, the other uh, uh, pieces. For sure. Uh, you know, if you... And if you break it down a little bit more than that, like we have to understand, like when it goes to the basis of the universe, like we're, we're talking about, we're talking about going all the way to source, you know, and this is, this is jumping way ahead in the conversation, but source, you know, it, it is the, the ultimate consciousness that we all, that we all share basically. When that breaks, the, the first fraction of source goes to masculine and feminine. So we all, every being that's manifested has, has this energy inside them as well, masculine and feminine. So, you know, we have been, uh, males and females have been conditioned to be really separated in, in uh, whatever, whatever pronoun, you know, that they, that they go by man or woman, they, they embody that energy that's inside them and and the other one goes more dormant status and that's that's how it's been over the past you know 50 70 years or so with the industrialization and and feminization and putting women in the kitchen and men go to war and that's and that's and that's hard and that's pushing the separation more and i would go so far to say that the powers to be and that go past i'm not even talking about governments I'm talking about world powers that control the world powers. They know about this. And this is the reason why this has been happening because that separation starts and starts consciously is fed to them and goes inside them. And so they embody more, the men don't uh, show their emotions and, and women uh, don't step up and, and, and stand up for themselves. But now you're starting to see that start starting to coming back in and starting to, pull back into itself and starting to rise. That is, that is the ultimate balance. That's that goes deeper than mind, body, spirit, because mind, body, spirit is just talking about our physical self, like really our physical self and our manifestation right here, you know, and uh, you know, it talks about spirit, but the, when you get down to it, we need to balance the masculine and the feminine men need to learn how to talk. There needs to be more men's circles. There need to be more women's circles. The, the masculine and the feminine needs to heal. And it needs to heal through us. So it's interesting you're talking about masculine and feminine because when we were um, chatting on the phone, you mentioned that ayahuasca, which is, I, I like to get into uh, quite a bit here, 
quite fascinated by it. Uh, we've talked on this podcast about uh, psilocybin, ketamine, but ayahuasca is, I mean, a lot of people are talking about that. You've told me that ayahuasca is feminine. You refer to her as, as she. So keep that in mind when we get there, because if I forget, I want to talk about that. Like why you see her as, as feminine. Um, you mentioned that, you know, there's this standard that we have about, you know, men, men don't talk and men go to war, right? You know, uh, the warriors in 05, you were deployed in, uh, Iraq. You had actually two tours in Iraq, correct? Uh, I was, um, so to start off uh, the job that I did in the military, I was, I held a secret security clearance. So, um, I called, I was a forward observer. I was in the army. I was, um, but I was attached to different units and, uh, infantry units, even, uh, Navy SEALs and special warfare units. Um, that, that's, so a lot of the stuff, even a lot of the missions really, I can't even really talk about the, a lot of the missions I was, I was did, especially my second deployment. My first deployment, I was more of a armored security guard. We ran people back and forth from the airport, uh, demilitarized zone, the embassies and things like that. Um, we were just basically an armored transport, got hit by IEDs a few times. Um, oh, really? We did some uh, prisoner transports too in 2005. So I was actually, um, I actually went to Abu Ghraib prison and dropped off uh, prisoners um, while it was still in operation. There was a crazy story behind that. Like uh, the, the gate got uh, hit by a suicide bomber while we were there dropping off prisoners. So we were uh, transferring uh, high value um, prisoners in between an interrogation facility and wherever the next facility they were going. So we were, uh, yeah, Ondo Skull's location, and uh, it was Camp Liberty. And in between Camp Liberty and uh, the main Saddam Hussein International Airport in Baghdad, that's where the that's where the interrogation facility was. But seen some re- really crazy things, you know that uh, that deployment uh, got hit by a few IEDs. But that was about it. I would come home and was back within about eleven months. Went back. Let's see, I came back January. January 2007, we came back home. No, January 2006, came back home and left January 2007. So, To Ramadi. Oh, what's that? To, to Ramadi, yeah. The Ramadi. Second, the second deployment was to Ramadi, which is, uh, it was west of Fallujah. So it was in between uh, Fallujah and the Syrian border. And um, very volatile area, uh, heavy combat. The unit that we replaced, uh, that we were replacing, they lost uh, over 130 people over mm-hmm. the year that they were there. We're supposed to be there a year. We were there a few months, and they extended us for uh, three more months. So we were end up being there fifteen months total. My sec that that deployment uh, went through a divorce. That deployment saw a, a lot of stuff, you know, and um, come back with come back with PTSD. Ended up getting out in two thousand nine, and um, right before that unit was about to go back to Iraq, and. Uh, Ended up getting out on a medical discharge. I had a back surgery. And um, yeah, from 2009 to 2014 was um, a lot of depression, a lot of suicidal thoughts, suicide attempts, and uh, really culminated really in 2014 with the major suicide attempt where, um, you know, I wound up, woke up in the ER. Um, very confused at why I was still alive, you know, and very, 
it was a, a very serious attempt and end up uh i was basically asleep for 26 28 hours in in this er in a like a mini coma i guess or whatever and um yeah i wound up having to stay in the hospital and then really got diagnosed with ptsd i really didn't even i wasn't putting the ptsd and the depression and everything together and that that happened really in 2014 and see i met my wife in end of 2014 beginning of 2015 no to, beginning of 2015 i met my wife um and really it was at a low point you know and uh she saw something in me you know and and kind of gave me a reason to live again you know and um yeah, we, we got together, ended up moving to Florida, and 2016 came about, and um, I was, all the way from 2014 to 16, I was in the VA, VA programs, talk therapy, medication, you know, the whole rigmarole. So in 2016, we were in Florida, and I started getting depressed again, you know, even going through the VA programs, it was, something was, was sneaking up on me again, and I could feel it, and I was you know, I, you know, Ella could see it in me. My wife could see it in me and she kept, uh, and about that time, ayahuasca, the ayahuasca seed got planted, um, through a conversation that I was having and, um, that just grew in me. And, uh, a lot of people talk about this, like they hear the word and it's like they, after, after looking back on it, they, they see it as a seed that grows inside them. Like just that word ayahuasca, like, it'll start, it'll start churning in you until you really, you, you go and meet it. We really kind of felt like that, you know, it just kept, it, it was with me until, um, did, you know, did research and f- trying to figure out where to go. And like, uh, everywhere I was finding kept pointing me down to Peru, you know, and, or, you know, down South Brazil or Peru really couldn't find any place in the States. And, you know, I kind of just gave up on it. And Ella in the background, she was looking for a place you know, we, we couldn't afford the travel to go down, you know, international travel at that time. And, um, but she knew that something had to be done. So she just kept doing research and ended up finding a place. Uh, we were living in Southern Florida and we, she found a place in Orlando. So it was only a couple hours away. And, um, she come to me and she's like, Hey, I booked us a two, two ayahuasca ceremonies. It's like, uh, 40 days away. We got to, we got to start our diet right now. We got to stop eating meat. We got to stop drinking coffee and, stop drinking liquor and all this other stuff. I was just like, you know, like I thought she was crazy. I was like, okay, like, well, let's just do it. You know, if you're going to do it, we'll do it together. And so we, we started our diet right away. And you know, before we knew it, we was, we was there and we did our first ceremony and the first ceremony, the first night with ayahuasca, I drank uh, you know two cups of ayahuasca and I didn't have any visions or anything, but I was just in the bathroom and, going through a cleansing process. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> you know, it was not pretty. It, it's a plant, right? It's an indigenous plant and, and yeah. indigenous people have been using it for many, 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 many years. Same with, you know, yeah, coyote and years, masculine. Yeah. A lot of these things we're finding now, but how does it become a drink? Like, uh, like what, what is it? Maybe you can explain to the audience. Uh, so it's um, a, how, how they make it best way, you know, easy way to, to get you there is it's a jungle tea. You know, it's made of, uh, Basterus capi, which is the vine, the ayahuasca vine, and uh, chacruna. This is the traditional brew. There's other brews depending on where you're at. You uh, you can use different plant combinations, but they they one holds dimethyltryptamine for for NN dimethyltryptamine, and the other one is a MIOI inhibitor. 
So if we were to oh, take, really? if we were that. to, if we were that. to go out there and just take one of these plants, the chacruna, which holds the DMT, we were to start chewing on it, or even, ah, even, okay, even, so it has DMT in it. Okay, I'm familiar. Yeah. So that one of the plants has DMT in it, but if we were to go out there and and, and cut off a couple leaves and and brew up the the chacruna leaves, which hold the DMT, um, and drink that, we would have a very short lived, if if any, experience. When mixing it with the vine, which is an MOI inhibitor, which when it goes into our body with with the the DMT, our our body like counteracts the DMT without it. So the the MOI inhibitor is needed to allow our body to process it past the blood brain barrier, so it can affect our neurological system and and go through and eventually you know raise our vibration and and raise us to another vibration so we can see different realms or aspects of ourselves really when you get down to it but it's um it's pisterius capi which is ayahuasca vine but um and the chacruna leaves and they grow in vicinity in peru and that's the traditional broom that you hear about mostly and uh some people use mimosa, um, which uh, bark, which contains uh, DMT as well, 4NN dimethyltryptamine, and uh, acacia. Sometimes they use acacia has a really high uh, concentration of dimethyltryptamine in it, so uh, people like to use that if they're, especially in the western in the west, when we're we're trying to figure out different ways on how to make it, and uh, and and still try to stay close to the the tradition up behind it. It could be another conversation, but what comes to mind too is the respect for the plant, the respect for the cultures uh, in South America that have been using it for many, many years. Are we able to to use it, but at the same time have respect for the cultures that, we're, that we've found it from? I believe so. You're you're going to get different takes on it if you go down there and, and, and walk into walk into a tribe and start talking to people. Most of the time, if you go to the head medicine person and sit down and talk to them, they're going to tell you that, you know, this is on a much bigger scale than them. You know, this is, this is medicine of the earth. You know, this, uh, we're all, we're all, this is what we need to come to. And this is one of the messages of ayahuasca and one of the messages, uh, missions of ayahuasca is coming together as a planet and looking, looking at us. We need to. The, the tribalism needs to come apart, and we need to look at ourselves as one tribe, an Earth tribe, and that includes everything that's everything that has a beating heart. Here is all part of one Earth tribe, and that's that's you know the oneness aspect um, that that we uh, spoke about pre-show and all that. That's that's what the main what the main message of all this is. We need to understand that we're we all share one consciousness but we're going through an illusion of separateness and we need to find balance of that so we can move forward in our evolutionary path. We've, we're at a point where we can't move forward evolutionary uh, body-wise, mind-body-spirit-wise, especially body-wise, we can't move forward without an actual conscious change within ourselves. I, uh, I get that from my background in, in Buddhism, but once again, you know, there's, there's threads of this conversation about universal consciousness let's talk about consciousness let's talk about the oneness some people have very substantial experiences using psychedelics now in this case i don't know if dmt is considered to be psychedelic but often what people are saying is that 
after taking the the drug, no matter what it is, they have the almost a disconnect from this perception of I am an individual, me, mine, <laughs> and they connect with something that's much larger. Did that happen with your first experience, or did that happen after a couple times uh, uh, trying ay- ayahuasca? Um, it'd be my you know my second experience. I really had a breakthrough and like. And so it was uh, two ceremonies, you know, Friday night, Saturday night. Friday night was horrible. You know, we, we, we that's the one we just talked about. Um, You're in the bathroom a lot. I'm yeah, in it. the bathroom a lot. <laughs> so the, the the next morning I wake up and, you know, it's like six, seven o'clock in the morning. Is it, the sun's just coming up. Pretty much everyone's asleep, you know. And I wake Ella up. I'm like, hey, babe, like, what's going on? Like, um, you know, what what did you experience last night? She's like, it was horrible. And and. I was like, let's get out of here. And she's like, well, we paid for another night. I was like, I don't care. Like, let's get out of here. I don't even want to go through all that, you know? And um, she's like, let's wait around and, and, and talk to, talk to some people when they wake up and let's, let's just see and maybe think about staying. So long story short, we ended up staying that second night and yeah. uh, Man, I, I drank one cup and 20 minutes after drinking the first cup, I was, I was sitting there and I, I felt like I was, had about three or four breaths left of my life, you know, and I looked up and there was a light, like we're, we were in the backyard of this house and uh, out, just outside of Orlando, you know, and um, the wooded area and stuff, but everyone parked their cars in front and we were in the back. So this light like was coming around the back and it was like coming right at me. And I, I thought it was a car at first. And then as it got closer to me, it was like, I saw one light and I was like, I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm so messed up. I walked and I, I walked to a railroad tracks. that's like a mile away or something that's, you know, that we passed when we were coming in. I was oh. like, holy shit, I'm <laughs> sitting on the railroad tracks. I don't even oh, know no. it. <laughs> yeah. And, and as it come to me, you know, that, that, that light just overtook me, you know? So my, the, the light of, you know, like if you go through a near death experience or whatever, and they, you hear about the tunnel of light, I, I perceived it as a car, you know, and as a train and all the, so my physical mind was like whole, grasping on for some rationalization all the way up until the very last moment, you know, and once it hit me, you know, I started seeing at that time, I perceived what I was seeing as past lives. So I see, I was seeing pictures, oh. uh, multiple different pictures go past me as I went through this tunnel of light and I could, I recognized them as so at that time, I, I, I really considered them other lifetimes. Now it's a little bit different. It's more dimensional fields or vibrational fields or whatever. It's not as the whole linear timeline thing is, is taken out of the equation. So, you know, the, the verbiage has to change slightly to, to show that. Yeah. Um, so went through this whole light and at the end of, I met the spirit of ayahuasca and, uh, she was huge. She took up the whole universe and we, we spoke and uh, I basically just sobbed and um, she told me it was okay. You know, I was, it was the first time really experiencing spirits like that, that I could remember, you know, and it's very emotional for me. So I just, she just kept hugging me, you know, giving me a bunch of love. And then I started to go back into my body kind of, I could feel like our connection going away from each other. And she just kept telling me, she's like, you're going to see me again soon. We're going to be working together the rest of your life. And so I come back, you know, I signed up the next weekend. I come back and me and Ella did two more ceremonies that next weekend. And that third ceremony, I went into that ceremony 
and with the intention and asked the question uh, as I took the medicine, you know, like it's a, it's a whole process with ayahuasca. Like, I mean, you pray with it, like get your, your question in your mind, then you drink the cup, you know, and that's ideally, you know, that's if it were, everything works out correctly, that's that question to be answered in the ceremony. And it was, I was, I asked why I was supposed to be here and I was shown, um, I was going to be speaking to people like this and writing books and, uh, going to conferences, which is what you're doing now. Yeah, it, it, and it gave so you, my, um, my life is, yeah. you know, is, my life has turned into what what I saw then. You know, and uh, we just had our investors come out here a few weeks ago, and we're about to we're about to buy another property, and uh, we're going to be having uh, Egypt tour soon, and and a bunch of other things coming coming to the church where we're going to be uh, taking uh, groups down to South America to. Uh, some retreat centers down there that um, we're affiliated with now. And that's just amazing, man. Just to see it all. What a transition from coming back from Iraq and experiencing depression and uh, suicide attempts. And then you had this unbelievable experience that changed your life. But at the time you knew where your life was going to go. That's wild. I had no idea like going into ayahuasca. This, I, I really, I tell people all the time I went into ayahuasca with, Deep down, I just wanted some type of relief from suicide and depression, like all the all the PTSD, all the all the hardcore PTSD symptoms, um, survivor's guilt, all that stuff. You know, I wanted I wanted some type of relief from that. I needed it, and I knew that I was, and I was willing really to try anything. And that's I come to find out that's 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 a sweet spot when people come to me like when they you know they're when they're at the end of their rope that's when the medicine's gonna work the best like that's when they're really you know but hopefully people can start having more compassion for themselves and um finding their practice whether it be ice bath or you know breath work or yoga or ayahuasca ceremonies or bufo ceremonies or whatever you know however your connection is or if you microdose of mushrooms or just being out in nature without anything, you know, just going setting out in nature for a half hour and just by a stream and listening that all of these things are, you know, can help you, you know, balance yourself and connect, but nobody's going to do it for you. And that's, that's what a lot of people, you know, they come to medicine looking for an answer and they realize that they've had the answer all along. The power has always been within them. You know, it's very self-empowering and it's in self-empowering in a, in a spiritual, emotional, energetic way it shows you how energy energy and spirit and mind body and is all connected you know tesla had it right you know if you want to understand the universe think of think of the universe in terms of frequency and vibration that's that you're understanding you understand understand it a lot better yeah and 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 that is another thread in in these uh episodes about frequency and vibration what a wonderful thing so when you when you met her uh let's say you had a relief of mind and body blockages that you've had, and then it gave you a spiritual life. But what I found absolutely fascinating is the story you told me that after ayahuasca and you have this understanding of the universe, understanding of yourself, and it's kind of like all the frequencies are kind of open, you received a an amazing message or like what happened to you when uh, you were in your car, I believe it was in 2018. <laughs> But yeah, in 2000, I think it was 18, I was, uh, I was writing and um, I was in Florida and we were doing a bunch of ceremonies, ayahuasca ceremonies, San Pedro ceremonies. And this is like one of my days off. And 
I had this uh, this guy that was with me, my buddy that was, so my wife was with me, we were dry, riding in the car, and um, and my buddy was in the back seat, and um, he was behind me, so I was, as we were driving, uh, he was asking me questions, and he was going through having visions and stuff, dreams and stuff like that, and he was uh, asking me to help him interpret them, you know, a little bit. So as we're driving, I'm I'm talking to him, and I'm looking in the rearview mirror, I'm driving, like in down, I'm like in Fort Myers, like downtown traffic, you know, like red light, like every, you know, block, you know, and a stop and go traffic. I'm like trying to like pay attention to the road and look at him, look at him and like give him, let him know just like, you know, I am paying attention to you. Like, you know, I am trying, trying to help you with this. I'm, but I am trying to drive. One time I look up and I see myself in the back, sitting in the back seat. I'm talking and I'm talking to myself. I see a re- reflection of myself in the back seat. He's, his face is morphing in my face. And I look at the traffic again and everything is like vibrating. Like it's a, it's an earthquake. I see like, like dirt jumping off the ground. And then like the fabric of reality starts to like break a little bit. I was like, well, I got, <laughs> I got to pull over. I'm mean, just on no medicine or anything, you know, I might've been smoking, maybe may have smoked a joint or something like that. But this conversation me, me and him was having took me into this space. I pull over in this parking lot that was right there. I pulled over and parked, and uh, I'm sitting there, and and everything's shaking. Like my, I can feel my body shaking from the inside out, just vibrating so hard, and it's it's affecting everything. It's affecting the molecules in the sky. It's affecting the earth and everything around me. And it's it, this lady's walking apart across the the parking lot. And she's carrying this purse. And I'm like, some tells me, I was like, make her drop her purse. And in my mind, I was like, I pulled her purse out of her hand and threw it on the ground. And her, her purse fell and like all her stuff fell out. And she's like picking the stuff up. And the reality splits apart. Like, and I, I, all I see is darkness. Like, and my, the ring in my ears stop, there's silence. And I'm just in this darkness and I'm going through this darkness and I come up to this big ball of light. And as I pr- approach this ball of light, you know, it's about you know, the size of a car or so, but it's like so bright you can barely even look at it. And it starts pulsing and talking to me. It says, you know who I am. I said, of course I know who you are. It's like, this is this is the center of the whole universe. This is source, you know. This is the Godhead, um, Brahma, whatever you want to call it. You know, this is the the, the top of the, the, the center of it all. And I just knew that, like instinctively, it was it was apparent in me when I was staying there. It was like, well, I've been here many times, you know, as everything was really, really familiar to me and all. And the next question it said, do you trust me? I said, of course I trust you. Like, why don't I, you know, your source, you're the center of the universe. I know, I know who you are. I trust you. And I said, do you trust yourself? I said, whoa. And at that point, um, I was already a sun dancer. I've done ceremony, led a bunch of ceremonies. And as they asked me that question. I started seeing all these people that I've helped. I've helped um, talk them off the cliff of suicide, you know, and, and help them um, what realign back to themselves, you know, and just the way that ayahuasca come to me, I was, I, I'd, I'd seen how it already starting to do that to people, you know, especially this guy that was in the back seat, you know, it was, it was one of the people that I saw in that moment, you know, of people that I was helping, uh, you know, my wife, even, you know, just everybody, you know, just being, just being me, I mean, even outside the ceremony, just being me as a different person than what I was, you know, it was this light. I said, yeah, I trust myself. It said, if you trust yourself, you step inside and you give up your form and you can, 
you come back into source and you can fix everything. You come back into oneness and you can fix everything. I stepped in like without really thinking much. And I got there and I, as soon as I did, I started to feel everything that was happening around the planet and the cosmos, not in this, not even in this dimensional field, like all dimensional fields and how they all were this recipe that was at the end, it was a perfect flow and a perfect, a perfect design. So I saw all the hate and love was, it was all equaled out with kindness and generosity and tribalism and anger and racism. It all, when, when you got down to the big picture, it was divine. It was all in perfect form. So in, in the source Godhead space, um, there was nothing for me to do. I was, I was bored. I was there maybe a few, just a few moments until I realized like that I couldn't survive being there. Cause, and that, that was, I got to see why source uh, made creation. So the, so there could be experiences so we could expand and just have experiences. So he had to, he had to separate himself. And so I got, I got showed it while I was in that space. I was, I was shown uh, a creation story of my own that I speak about. I write, I wrote about that, uh, that I've shared many times, but the separation from source down to, you know, we're called the masculine, and the feminine, uh, just for the sake of this conversation, duality, that duality split was so we could have these experiences up into this point and um, saw all that. And I asked, okay, what do I do now? I realized why there was no one waiting outside of God of the throne room uh, or Godhead or source. And while there was no, not a big push for anyone to go there because it was people go there and then they, then they go right back or they go into something else. But I said, what do I do now? And I said, why do you, why are you asking your source in this moment? So you can go back and do anything you want. I said, well, I want to go back and be an Eagle. I said, no, I got, I was took into a dimension where I was flying as the Eagle and I said, okay, in this dimensional space, you're an Eagle. And that's why the Eagle is so has connected with you in this lifetime, like Drew's lifetime. Now I come back in the body like, no, I want to be, you know, a hummingbird. I went through all these different animals. Like really, I didn't want to, I didn't want to come back and be a human really. (laughs) And, uh, at the end of it, I went through a few things and then I just realized that I was asking the wrong question. I was like, what is supposed to happen? Like I said, there's a being that needs to go walk on two legs with the understanding that, that you just come out of the bathroom. Like you need to come out of the throne room. Like you just come out of the bathroom. You, you can retain, you're going to be able to retain this. You're going to be able to articulate it. And you're going to be able to reach the people that need to find this on their own through your words and everything. You're going to usher them back to where they can go and find this on their own. But um, we need someone to go back with this understanding full on two legs of, of one consciousness. And, um, you know, there's, I said, I, there's a lot, many others that are going to be walking and eventually all of us, it's part of our evolution, this evolutionary shift that we're going through. I was going to be one of them. I was going to be a mirror and uh, a messenger and a voice and also basically a mirror. So people, once they f- fully understand like what I'm talking about and really feel what I'm talking about, that everything is one, if they're seeing it in me, that means it's possible within them. 
and that's that's what I was supposed to come back and do. And I said, yeah, let's do that. And uh, so I come back and retain that memory of being in the throne room without without any uh, cloudiness or anything. So I can I recall it just just as if it happened the other day. And I, I come back in and looked at my wife, and uh, she was crying. The guy in the back seat was crying. They went through their own experience. My wife, she saw she was in like the like she saw this happening and everything. She saw what was happening with my body, but she also like went into got pulled into a state as well. You know, they describe it as my vib- They felt my vibration engulf them and bring bring them in as witnesses to this happening, both uh, on the physical and spiritual level. So they were both shook for a while, but especially the guy in the back seat. My, my wife has seen has been through experiences before, like crazy experiences with me before and since then, but it really shook the guy in the back seat for a while. He was really shooken up about it. You're saying some, some crazy things that she's observed in you. You shared one with me. Are you interested in sharing it with Osiris? Sure. So Osiris is an Egyptian god. Um, he was lived for hundreds of years. His wife was Isis. He had a, a son named Horus. Back in the Egyptian folklore, these gods come come down and they help usher in a time back back in the time when they were present here on on this planet. But really, what they were they were they were star people, you know, aliens from other planets. And really, when when you break all that down, uh, the relationship between star people and and us, the the Native American. Uh, you know, Native American tribes, several Native American tribes look at star people as, as relatives. And very simply put, you know, they're either past or past, present, or future us's. And, you know, there are other aspects of, of humanity, either either past or present. So what happened with Osiris was uh, me and my wife were driving in between California and Florida. I asked my wife, I was like, hey, you mind driving? I'm going to try to get an hour or two of sleep and then, you know, or try to make it the rest of the way home. And, uh, she sir. So we pulled over, I got in the passenger seat and basically went into this meditation and started speaking and started speaking about a bunch of stuff, you know, and started just speaking what I was seeing in my mind's eye. And eventually I stopped speaking. I was drew stopped speaking in this energy started speaking through me and I was kind of in the background. It was very weird. You know, it's like time first time channeling. And, um, I kind of, you know, got tricked into it. And I tell people, you know, my first time channeling, I got tricked into it. But, uh, <laughs> so as this goes on, I keep going, switching between these. I think I thought I was switching between these beings, but I was really, I was progressing up into this point, you know, and, and, and finally, this uh, being starts talking about how he's a, a British soldier, and he's in a submarine, and he's uh, about to detonate a nuclear bomb, like the special bomb, up underneath the water. This is like World War II era, and I'm I can see all this. Like I'm I'm in the sub. I could see like the submarine. I'm at the I'm at the little button. I'm about to hit it, and I'm in my mind. I'm thinking, man this is crazy. Like we're, we're about to blow up. We're about to blow the door open on this alien basis underwater. I know this all sounds really crazy, but <laughs> you need an open mind in these things, you know, you need an open mind. But... <laughs> so this is what I'm, you know, seeing in my mind's eye and th- I'm not speaking, you know, Drew's like in the background, this energy is like speaking through. 
and he's the soldier. And all of a sudden, right before he hits the button, he gets teleported and they wound up on this planet. Like they get, they get pulled out of, pulled off of earth right before I'm able to detonate this. So next thing I know, like I'm on this big, like landing deck on this planet and I can look out and there's like, I can see other plants and stuff. And there's like beings that are walking up, like, uh, like multiple different species of aliens that come walking up to me. I'm like, and we're all freaking out and we can't do anything. And, you know, there's, you know, there's maybe, you know, two dozen of us or whatever, the whole crew of the, of the, of the submarine is sitting there beside the submarine and the submarine's like sitting there on its side, like sideways on, on this deck. And I get paired up with this feminine version and it's, it looks pretty much like us, but there's some differences in the facial features and everything, but it pretty much looks like a, a female human, you know? beautiful and she was like my guard and we ended up uh becoming having a relationship and having a, a baby and that baby got sent down to earth and then i i started speaking as that baby that hybrid baby uh, my wife's talking to me and she can recognize and this is all i've recorded all this i'm about to re, i'm about to release the recording with subtitles and everything and um just looking for the right the right time to do it but yeah so She's speaking and this, she can, you know, you, especially in the, in the video, you can really hear that there's a, a different being now that's speaking. And it's a, a totally different intelligence has been speaking before and it's speaking through me using my vocal, you know, like using my mm-hmm. vocal cords and everything, using my body to, to communicate. And, um, you know, it's, uh, talking a lot about humanity and, and why, uh, why Drew's here and all that. And it's, it's, this being's talking about Drew in third person, everything, you know, my wife goes, well, how does it's towards getting towards the end of a conversation. And this Ella goes, how does Drew connect with you again? Like if he wants to speak with you again or speak through, or you, you speak through him. So just say my name three times. And it says, my name is Osiris. And I spoke Osiris. When I spoke Osiris through me, it felt like I was throwing up. It felt like, the biggest wow. relief of it felt like the biggest relief of my entire life when when I said Osiris and I said Osiris a few times and um no I've never said Drew never Drew's never said Osiris before this point he didn't know anything about that like and and looking going back and listening through recording and and really doing research on Osiris you know the hair stood up on the back of my neck over and over and over again you know it's like and so I'm on my phone, you know, after this, we, we stop in Colorado and then we continue on to Florida and I'm just like, you know, my, my mind's like freaking out. It's like really no one, Ella can kind of feel what is, what it was like because she was present, but no one knows like what it was like to have that being speak through me, you know, not knowing, you know, and um, not really being in control and, and really being scared of like demonic possession and stuff like that because this is i was going to ask you that you must have been shit scared during was, this like, yeah there was or, nothing or, or i were could you do a... about it i was shit scared but there was nothing i could do about it because it was i i it was <laughs> it made it humbled me as a human being for sure you know i bet it humbled me as a human being for sure but also empowered me too like because it you know allowed me that Allow me to understand that some aspect of Osiris, uh, Drew shares uh, that consciousness in this space, you know, and it doesn't matter, Drew, 
Osiris or anything, because uh, when you get down to it, it's really about the vibration of, of the words that I speak. And when people hear that, you know, it does, it does what it's supposed to do. And as I don't have to worry about anything else. And that's really where I'm at at this point in life. But uh, that the rest of that trip to Florida, you know, was listening to the recording, going over it, playing over the car. Like, man, you know, just, Ella got tired of hearing about, it, you know, she's like, Jesus Christ, I need to get out and I need to get away from you for a minute. You know, you're like talking 90 miles a minute. And um, <laughs> cause I was, I had like, along with the consciousness of, of Osiris speaking through me, I also got the residual from that was huge downloads in the background of like information and understandings just were clicking, you know, and like memories and visions of Egypt and me being in Egypt and things. And, um, you know, I've never been, Drew's never been to Egypt, you know, Drew's never, he's been to Iraq and, you know, uh, Kuwait and things like that, Germany, but he ain't been to Egypt. And, um, but I was having full blown like memories, like you would have a memory of, of yesterday. You know, I was having memories like that. When you get down to him, maybe it really wasn't Osiris, but in the background of manifestation, Drew wrote that whole thing so he could, right. his, he could start to expand his mind. So your mind has to break apart to be able to be able to expand, you know. Humpty Dumpty has to fall off the wall so he can be put together. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm I'm sure that you're no stranger to skepticism, right? So there's going to be listeners that are going to go, "Wow, I don't know if I buy this." How how do you address that? I mean, I'm sure family and friends when you shared your experiences, you know, even with using ayahuasca, but the experience that you shared right now. How do you address that when someone goes, mm, that sounds like bullshit? Yeah, and I, I get it. You know, it took me a, took me a long time. And in a lot of ways, I'm, it's still, I'm still battling with it, you know, of who I am and what I'm doing here and why, you know, why I'm here spreading these, this message and, and, and all this stuff. But, um, you know, ultimately, I know that my message isn't meant for everyone to hear at this time. You know, and the the people it does hit, um, it's undeniable. You know, it it rings a vibration inside them. You know, and we hear hear what I'm talking about. If the hair stands up on the back of your neck, and it does something for you, and it allows you to articulate or share one of your stories that happened that you may not want to share about. You know, that's that that's ultimately my hope. You know, I'm not here. I'm not here to share these stories to boast about it. I'm not. I. They happen to me. I'm sharing my experience, and this is right. the best of my ability to articulate it and remember it. This is what happened. Ultimately, what has happened to me, you know, like in my life and uh, and everything around me is is showing proof that I'm on the right track. So I don't care, <laughs> you know, when it gets down to it. I don't care with family members, with people in my life, and. Um, you know the the right people come back at the right time, and uh, like I like I said many times, you know I want everybody to eat, but never not everybody's gonna eat at my table, you know, mm-hmm. and um, not everyone's gonna be able to really understand what I've been through, but hopefully the people that you know are listening to this or or, or reaches their ears, they've seen something in the night sky. Or they seen something go bump in the night, and they have they not want, they haven't wanted to talk about it since they were a kid or the past ten years or whatever. And hopefully, hearing me speak, maybe they can 
go into what they experience and and start to delve into it instead of looking at it like something they don't want to talk about. Like, as I've experienced, you know, this is, we're just scratching the surface. Like we could be here for days talking about all this stuff. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I really wish we could. Um, What what comes to mind is that for the people that aren't saying BS, the the people are saying, I relate to this. I've had, you know, a, a little bit of this experience or people that are going, wow, I think I want to look into ayahuasca. I think I want to look into Drew's book. So if you can kind of share some resources or what you recommend for people regarding ayahuasca and uh, uh, talk about your, your books, the name of your books. Yeah. Uh, I like the one title that you have, I'm Perfect and So Are You. But wh- where do people go to find out about ay- ayahuasca and to uh, to go to a ceremony? You know, this uh, the best way you can Google it right now, there's uh, a million videos out there. There's tons of resources and um back in 2016 it was out there but it really wasn't like it is now like this is a really unique time for um and this is one of the reasons why we formed uh sacred dreams within which is our church uh sacred dreams within you can find it sacred dreams within.com and you that's the hub you can find anything about me you can find links to my podcast eagles nest podcast uh my books which is i'm perfect and so are you and find your inner guru as a second one and uh, they're available through my website, or you can also um, uh, get them through Amazon. Or if you're in Southern Colorado, there's a few bookstores, uh, narrow gouge bookstores in Alamosa, Colorado. If you ever uh, go through Alamosa, stop by there. My books are there. But um, yeah, man, there's there's so much that we could talk about. You know, there's just so many. And you know, maybe maybe you come back, right? Maybe you come back. And I'm always the, uh, I'm always open it- to that. You know. And um, because there's, there's, there's always, you know, there's always things that come up, you know, like what I'm talking about today might not come up next time, you know, but, um, you know, I would say if you're listening to this, um, if you're listening to this broadcast right now, this recording, there's probably a good chance you've seen synchronicities, you know, uh, number synchronicities or had deja vu. And uh, now you're listening to this podcast and now you're listening to me saying this. So it's freaking you out a little bit. So just, uh, let the boundaries down and every one of us, you know, we're on this path, we're on this evolutionary path. It's a collective thing, but it's also an individual sport. We're allowed to do it at our own pace. Well put. Thank you so much. I'm very grateful that, you know, you covered mind, body and spirit for us. I think it's the first time that we actually talked about that part of the, the mind body connection. Drew, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your experiences. And uh, yeah, I'll take you up on that. I'm going to bring you back because when we had the uh, the pre-show, the pre-interview, uh, we got a really, really cool conversation that I love to um, <laughs> to expand on next time. So yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot, you know, but uh, and a lot of really interesting stuff. Yeah. I, I leave, I leave the whole, I leave this whole thing with a, with a little bookend. This is the first channeling I had from source said, you are the creator through the power of manifestation. Step back into your power to facilitate the upcoming evolutionary shift. Amazing. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good, brother. I think Mind Body Matters has become a show about drugs. You've got your... No, no, so folks, if you want to know more about drugs, tune into Mind Body Matters. No, that's quite the interview. Uh Um, So today we're talking about your DMTs. And uh, Uh in the past, we've talked about 
LSDs and mm-hmm. and then what's the you got your what STPs and yeah I actually got I think in the sixties and seventies there was STP but in this yeah. in this ayahuasca yeah there there's DMT and uh, back in the sixties if you know you really were in that love generation then uh, you know I had a few partners maybe you'd have an STD. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny (laughs) i'm sorry but in in all seriousness because in all seriousness right because this was a serious interview and we we don't want to make fun of drew but like at the end rob i'm not sure but i'm skeptical i'm i know you are and and i know you asked the question you asked the question a lot of a lot of people are going to go Okay, Drew, this is a little bit out there. And uh, and as you said, uh, they might call bullshit. Right. I mean, that's yeah. the reality of it. Listening to the interview with Mind Expansion, you, you know, he he had this experience with an Egyptian god called Osiris. Yes. Yeah. And then later on, there was this kind of confusing thing about um, channeling a soldier from the Second World War. Then it Kent, got into... Was it, was it Kent? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name. He referred to a name. Mm, I don't. I don't. Uh, don't remember offhand. Oh, but, okay. Uh, th- but then it kind of went into the submarine thing and the alien thing, and yeah, uh, yeah. I followed him, and uh, you know, it, it, as I said in the interview, it takes an open mind, and we both have sure a very open mind. And I know that you're more skeptical than than me. I'm kind of on the fence as to what this is about. But then again, you know, uh, with Doctor Singh, a very credible psychiatrist, you know, he sees benefit in using these psychedelic medications uh, there must be something in it and i believe that they're considering ayahuasca to treat depression so there must be there must be something about it you know that that's credible well you know my my takeaway from this thing um drew drew banky has gone through a lot you know um mm-hmm. he served in iraq and uh and he you know he came back from that war and discovered that you know he had uh, ptsd and and if anything, I picked up from this thing by using uh, ayahuasca. Maybe it gave him the opportunity to find himself, his purpose in right. life. Right. Yeah. And respectfully. And so, I, yeah. I, I'm OK with that. You know, like mm-hmm. find your purpose. And it, it sounds like he's he's relatively happy in life right now. Yeah. I mean, he he built his church and uh, his, his wife went along with the whole ceremony mm-hmm. and experienced some of the some of the things that he experienced, but yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't knock a guy that, you know, has found a spirituality and found himself and it works for his PTSD and and depression. So, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, uh, more power to him. Um, And, you know, he, he talked about uh, this oneness. Mm -hmm. I would, uh, I would like to say that uh, I, I wish that all of us as a oneness could all get along. That's yeah. what I'm not. Yeah, because I mean, Especially you and now. I were talking. Well, you and I were talking before the show today on the phone, uh, just talking about a couple of things we were going to talk about. I had just said, you know, we've got a problem with racism right now in oh, yeah. in in the world, and I just wish, you know, it's like going back to the songs from the '60s. You know, all you need is love, or. Yeah. Uh, by the Beatles, and I just wish that we could all get along, like just mm-hmm. as one, yeah. as one people. If you really do believe, you know what people like Drew Banky talk about—that you know there is a universal consciousness. He says you know, the realization is you're not separate. If everyone really, you know, understood that, 
and believed it. We all get along. We would all get along and we wouldn't treat each other a certain way, right? Yeah, that's, uh, I'll tell you, this interview with Drew Banky, I will admit, for me anyway, was a little out there. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I respect his decisions. He found himself, he uh, discovered his purpose in life and more power to Drew. Right. Absolutely. And this is, you know, this is why we do the podcast. We bring in uh, different guests and, and not just the experts, but people that have experienced things in their lives. And, the, and that, that's why I wanted to bring Drew on the show. We're going to talk to uh, Alice Grasset, uh, who has a very interesting story she told me where she used psilocybin, that magic mushrooms that Dr. Singh talked about, mm-hmm. in uh, not a ceremony, but a very medical-based psychedelic assisted therapy program that, uh, I mean, that's a different type of story. And I'm looking forward to yeah. to talking to her about that. Also, do you remember Dr. Robert Shepard, who we had in a few times? We've had so many doctors on the show. <laughs> now, who is Dr. Shepard again? Help, help, remind me. Yeah, no problem. So Dr. Shepard was uh, a doctor friend of mine that kind of explained what the deal is with big pharma. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah, right. Okay. And then he came back again, uh, mm-hmm. and then he talked about fake science. There's there's this uh, pseudoscience that's out there that people are buying into, and there's a program for kids that apparently was science-based, but him being a psychologist and researcher, he kind of knocked the crap out of that and said, you got to be very, very careful about what they call science. So yeah. I was thinking that we should have Dr. Robert Shepard on the show periodically because I want to bring him in to talk about psychedelics specifically. And does this doctor, does he buy into it? Does he, you know, is he skeptical like you? Is he on Mm -hmm. the fence like me? Uh, Someone to kind of discuss what this is all about. And um, I think we'll have an ongoing series with him. I know you find this topic uh, fascinating. Everything is fascinating to me. (laughs) I still like (laughs) that STD joke. That was funny. Probably a little bit rude. If anybody doesn't know that STD is sexually transmitted diseases, diseases. I'm sorry it came out, but I'm glad you. But liked again, it. if you're doing too much LSD and STPs, you might end up with an STD. Right, right. Especially you know if you're using MDMA because you know that's the love drug, right? You know. Anyway, <laughs> back, back to Rob, Dr. Robert Shepard. We're going to yeah. have him come back, and yeah. I talked with him about being a regular guest on Mind Body Matters. We've never had a regular guest yet. I thought I was your regular guest. You're my regular (laughs) co-host. Yeah. Okay. No, that'd be good. I'd love to hear him back for sure on on a somewhat of a regular basis. Right. So that's uh, that segment I think we're going to call is Dr. Robert. Dr. Bob. We could go with Dr. Bob. I like Dr. Robert because it's a Beatles song. But in any case. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We'll have Dr. Robert come back and talk about about this episode and, and see what he has to say about it. Meanwhile, I hope you guys out there are downloading our episodes to start a queue and get notifications of new episodes coming up. If you found this episode on Ayahuasca interesting and insightful, please give us five stars or a review on the platform that you're using. Mind Body Matters is a great media podcast, and we'll be back next week with my good friend, Robbie. Meanwhile, be kind to yourself. And most importantly, folks, be well. Thanks for listening. And if there's a topic that you'd like to hear about, drop us a line at mb-matters.com. 
be sure to like and follow us on all our socials. And if you like what you hear, hit subscribe or follow and share with your friends. 